0: hi today i'm talking with natalie and i'm gonna have a really good time with natalie because i really like natalie (laughs) and we're going to be talking about addiction and recovery from addiction right absolutely so i'm diana i'm a coach and i'm in the uk and i do relationship coaching and life coaching and mental fitness coaching as well so who are you because not everybody will know you like i do
1: My name is Natalie Sanders, and I am originally from Wurzburg, Germany, but I live in Tampa, Florida now, and I am the Insight Coaching Community Director, which is how I found Deanna as my friend, and um, yeah, and I'm excited to to talk on this subject. It's a subject very near and dear to my heart. Um, I am almost four years in recovery right now from alcoholism, and um, my life is totally different than it was and I love talking about it and um Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm excited to be here
0: so how long have you been that oh goodness I guess
1: I mean I guess since I started drinking like I had a very normal childhood I had a very um like my parents were great I you know like there was no trauma or abuse or anything like that but You know, um, when I got into college and everything, I started drinking just kind of like everybody else did just to fit in and be cool and, um, you know, but it never really kind of crossed that line until Mm -hmm. I would say I was like 26, 27 years old. Um, Before that I was just a normal drinker like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I was a bartender so it's like I I drink a lot but it was it was my job and it was part of if if, I mean if anybody watching is in the restaurant industry it's that's what we do we drink you know and it's Mm -hmm. um so it was just a a daily part of my life but at one point it stopped being a luxury and started to be a necessity and Um, i'd say that was in my like late 20s mm-hmm. it got to the point where i became very physically dependent on it um where i always had so much alcohol in my system that when i tried to stop drinking i would have like seizures i would have um, very very physical reactions to detoxing from alcohol and um, mm-hmm. because it was just constantly in my system and so yeah. that when i started to think there was a problem you know because you don't when you're that deep in addiction you don't necessarily realize it everybody around you realizes it but you know you you don't really see it but there's there was something in me that said you know maybe there's a problem here but i just kept going and going and going, going and it got worse and worse and worse and the consequences became worse and worse um, and it got to the point in my early thirties where I was, dr- and it, it was a good, like three year run where I was drinking 24 seven. Like I had to have mm-hmm. alcohol in my system 24 seven. And I always had, um, vodka with me. I had a bottle of a oh, wow. vodka with me everywhere. Real stuff. <laughs> yeah. I had stopped drinking like the fun stuff and the beer and the whiskey and whatever I was drinking at the bar and I was drinking, um, in private. I was hiding it. I was, it was constant, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's when I knew there was like a major problem. And so Mm -hmm. I I found the 12 step recovery program at that point when I was about 32 and I continued to relapse and relapse and relapse and relapse. Like I just wasn't getting it. Yeah. And so then I hit rock bottom. I lost everything in my life. At that time I was engaged to be married. Um, He left, lost the job, lost the car. I mean, like everything fell apart. Um, I couldn't hold everything together anymore. And so that's when I really understood Mm -hmm. that I was an addict and that this was like a major big deal. And so that's when I really kind of jumped into the 12-step recovery program and um and my life started to change after that and that was almost four years ago so it's just it's been remarkable
0: everyone that i know that has been an alcoholic or an addict in whatever way they always had to hit rock bottom before they saw the light in some sort of way so i guess that's that's pretty much how it goes
1: mm-hmm. and that's what we say and you know you can't deny somebody their bottom mm-hmm. so- if you know somebody who's struggling with addiction or alcoholism, they've got to hit and they've got to hit hard or nothing will change for them. It's like insight coaching. It's like they have to figure it out for themselves, Yeah, for any kind of major change to happen. So what a lot of parents or partners do with somebody that they love that's struggling is they'll they'll put a pillow yeah. under them to keep them from falling. And they'll, yeah. they wanna, you know, um, not not necessarily enable them but to keep you know they they want to protect them and they want to help them so much that they're not allowing the person to really hit their bottom and that's when the change really happens
0: yeah i um i remember now that you're talking about this film that i watched in secondary school Mm -hmm. um during some classes on society and stuff like that because we had those and that was about addiction and it was the story of a boy who was constantly saved by his mother and didn't hit rock bottom until finally his mother gave up on him, and that's when he made the change. It was quite fascinating, actually. It, it's it was a dreadful story because this was heroin addiction and everything, so it was an awful story. But his mum really tried to help him. His dad had long stopped doing it and would, you know, struggle with his mum and fight with his mum about it. But his mum just couldn't let go. But once he had hit rock bottom, yeah, it was. It's actually, yeah, really interesting how that's so kind of with everyone that way
1: yeah and and they you know the people that are trying to help us they're doing it out of love they don't know anything better you know but
0: it's hard to let your kid just drop like that
1: but in reality you're harming them more by enabling them by continuing to to help them you know they have to figure out that there are consequences you know and so somebody keeps saving you from that you think like, oh, well, I guess I can, I can keep going because th- this person's always going to be there to like.
0: Yeah, oh. you can. When you constantly have that safety net, there's no yeah. need to just change anything really.
1: There's no need to change. I
0: think it's with other issues that people are struggling with as well. It's not just addiction. I'm seeing this pattern now with with people that I know that are in, you know, difficult situations in their life. The moment that it's feeling like rock bottom, they make changes. When it doesn't. They won't. yeah yeah exactly
1: and i remember you know my uh i was very functional so mm-hmm. nobody knew that mm-hmm. i was Severely alcoholic. Like I was really good at, because, as addicts and alcoholics, we are master manipulators because mm-hmm. we have to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone knows. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we learn real quick how to lie and how to manipulate our way into. Because, in you know, at the heart of it, it's a disease of of selfishness, self centeredness, self seeking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all about me and what I can get out of this, and so. Um, and recovery is the opposite recovery is about service and helping others and getting out of yourself and yeah. but so i i mean like i just i don't remember where i was going with this but <laughs> but it was um what were we seeing oh mm, anyway but yeah it's all about you know it's a very selfish self-seeking um yeah disease and so recovery is the opposite recovery is about helping other people and about um, you know getting out of your own head Um, really and it's hard at first because we've lived our whole lives oh that's what I was going to say we were we're master manipulators master liars you know and for me nobody knew about it Um, and so what I found was all of the people close to me would, would tell me things like you're not an alcoholic, you're not an addict, you're fine, you know, and mm-hmm. so I would run with that, I would think like, you're yeah. right, I'm not, even though I very obviously was, but yeah. when people were trying to be helpful, and and you know, it, it, it can be harmful, because yeah. that, I went for another two years after my fiance, and my
0: mother, and everybody were like, you're fine, you're not an alcoholic, so. Mm-hmm. Well, um, one of my friends, I found out, after he quit already that he actually was an alcoholic he did it really well I never knew I really never knew and that, that been for a while and it was really surprising when he told me I just said, what, You never saw you take one drink no yeah. I never did yeah. fascinating it's really yeah. fascinating how people can hide things like that so well
1: and it becomes very lonely
0: because yeah, I can
1: of, imagine you know um at one point I stopped going out to bars and like having social drinks with my friends mm-hmm. and everything because I was so deep in my own alcoholism and I just wanted to be by myself and I just wanted yeah. to be with my vodka and like, mm-hmm. um, it becomes very like, like a hermit, like you don't, you know, and it just, you just really cut yeah. yourself off from everybody and from yeah. everything. And it's, um, it's very lonely.
0: Yeah i've not been as deep as you have i've just had the odd week where i felt just really you know the pity party and then just mm-hmm. indulging in the bottle but it becomes really lonely really quickly so i, I get what you're saying because that's just you know in a week's time i had to say i'm getting lonely i can't do this anymore so i cannot imagine how bad it is when you're doing this structurally because for me it's just the old week here and there that it's happened so yeah.
1: and it becomes a very physical Um, so you're not only dealing with emotional Mm -hmm. trauma of it, you're dealing with physical symptoms and, um, you know, every day I was either blackout drunk or I was hungover sick, you know, and, and the hangover was so bad at the end that the only thing that made it go away was more alcohol in in my bloodstream. And I ended up going to medical school for a couple of years after all of this. And I learned about like, why this was happening and what was physically happening to my body and to my brain and it's just it's crazy it's, it really is a disease you know it's yeah. it's a disease of the brain yeah like we don't have what other people have that
0: mm-hmm.
1: tells us this is bad and we need to stop you know like yeah. some people can stop at a couple drinks and with us like that just it, it doesn't work like that
0: yeah, yeah. I am um, a friend of mine. She was talking about some research that had been done. I don't know in the eighties or in the nineties, where they found a difference in genetics between those who do get addicted and those who don't. Mm-hmm. And I've I've always had this thing. Of, I probably have the don't because I've been through bad phases and I do drink for about a week, but then I quit again. <laughs> so I've I've always been really happy with that thought that I probably don't have the bad genes because I do know a couple of people who do, and it's it's not pretty my no. stepdad was one of them and it was he would he would drink gin mm-hmm. and he would drink lots of it he could mm-hmm. go through a bottle and it was really really awful yeah
1: oh yeah and and the fact that you can just quit when you want to probably you know i can't tell you if like if no,
0: that's, you are an i'm addict. just hopeful
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to know it you're you're the only one that can decide that but yeah um you know like at least in my personal experience like i could even when i was feeling like oh my gosh this mm-hmm. is terrible like you just literally cannot quit
0: yeah i've, um, I've oh, had it, so it well, with anything so even with smoking when i've done it for years at some point i had to say oh i'm fed up with this and i just quit so i i'm probably one of these lucky genetic people with that right
1: we call, we call you normies is what
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm happy to be normal in this field <laughs> you know I'm, I'm pretty weird in other fields so i'm good with being yeah. normal in this. <laughs> yeah so um, as you've done the 12-step program um, are you helping people who come um, to ask you because there's somehow I I have heard from some friends who are in the 12-step program that they then after they've been not addicted for a certain amount of time that they then start helping others go through the program and how how fulfilling that is do you do that as well?
1: Absolutely, it's um, it's called sponsoring, and uh, it's the only way that it works. I mean, mm-hmm. if there were no people yeah. in that room when I walked into that room that day, like if there was nobody there to help me, like that, that I, would I would be. Dead. Dead. I know I would be dead, yeah. and um, and so it's yeah. After you, it just depends on on what group you're part of. Some mm-hmm. people. And you need to have like six months of recovery before doing that some of them you just need to be through the 12 steps okay. for helping but that is the 12th step is helping another yeah. alcoholic or another addict um, to achieve sobriety and yeah. uh, and it is amazing it is amazing helping somebody through yeah. it's very scary at first because you think to yourself like I don't know anything I don't what am I gonna like teach this person but then you know, when, when somebody who's sick and suffering and comes to you and asks you for help, it's just like, you just jump right into action yeah. and you, you have so much to say about it. And you walk them through the steps and you walk them through, um, you know, you're always available to them for when they need mm-hmm. to call you and stuff like that. And it, it helps not only them stay sober, but it helps me stay sober like i had mentioned before i'm stepping outside of myself and helping somebody
0: else yeah. um and it well, sounds a bit like coaching
1: and yeah exactly yeah so that's why i was very interested in the whole coaching thing because i'm like wait so it's like sponsoring for money pretty much. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> different topics but yes mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah so it's um
1: yeah it's very similar to coaching and, and you're just except that i think that the difference is with sponsoring it's like we are the expert and we do Mm -hmm. know what's best for you and you don't Mm -hmm. know what's best for you kind of thing um especially when you're new and so it's like we have a little bit of an iron fist but you need that you know yeah it
0: It is a different topic so yeah Yeah. as a coach i don't need to know it because the the person i'm coaching knows it but you know you've just been through that whole program so you know where the difficult spots are Mm -hmm. so you know you know you've done it so yeah you are the expert you know as yeah. coaches some people are also fairly expert because they've done it all but we don't have to be that's the difference yeah exactly
1: and you don't have to be the sponsor neither you just need to basically walk them through the book walk them through the steps and it's so the the 12 steps themselves are they i think the biggest thing that was like amazing to me when mm-hmm. i came to this program was like i thought that I was just gonna learn how to not drink. And in reality, like the obsession to drink left me really quickly once I made the, you know, once I was in the program and made the decision. Mm-hmm. The whole program is teaching, it teaches you how to like live your life and be like a good human being and get on a spiritual mm-hmm. path and personal development. And it's all of these That's things great. That you were not able to do when you were drinking, you know, and. Yeah. So a huge part of it is is plugging in spiritually to a higher power of your under, of your own understanding, and so mm-hmm. meditation meditation's is a huge part of recovery. It's, it's amazing. Like the whole eleventh step, you know, and so it's it was so amazing to me, like the, it how I you know the the obsession to drink left me, and then what's left is this person that's just been using that addiction to cope with everything in my life up Mm -hmm. up until that point, you know? And so just because you're sober doesn't mean that life is happy and roses and amazing, you know, life shows up on life's terms. And now I have a toolkit. I have the tools that I need to get through it without Mm -hmm. to cover up the feelings that come along with it with alcohol or drugs or food. Or sex or gambling or whatever your addiction is you know and so it's um it's really remarkable how it works and it works it just does
0: yeah, you know? yeah. Um, everybody that's really gone through it properly that i know has changed their life completely complete, complete mm-hmm. overhaul. nothing's yeah. stayed the same different or maybe the, their marriage but that's about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah a few stayed married and you know their kids are still there but other than that most of them completely different job different just completely different life yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's totally incredible. amazing yeah it's incredible and
1: so you know part of the program is to constantly um seek is is a word that they use a lot you know um or, or we sought to improve our conscious contact mm-hmm. prayer and meditation with our higher power as we understand him mm-hmm. and so that's a huge thing for me is seeking i'm constantly seeking ways to connect spiritually to develop myself personally you know like this course i'm taking with you and you know like i
0: every amazing stuff
1: yeah like my i have crystals and i'm constantly meditating and i'm like you know and in that my life has just totally changed and it's just like recovery is incredible and if anybody watching this is struggling like there is a way out
0: i promise it doesn't seem like there is but there is i think work the way i the way i see the friends that have gone through it is that you also learn to take care of yourself in a in a really good way instead of because you were talking about how how it's a selfish thing but Mm -hmm. it's also a destructive thing and what i see is that they have changed into treating their bodies more like a temple taking care of themselves which some people th- see as a selfish thing as well but i don't so it's quite fascinating that they really change from this whole destructive behavior in all sorts of ways in their relationships in their job and everywhere to really you know treating their body better eating healthy foods but also t- treating the people around them in a much better way and being able to have a decent living it's a nice job or even a business
1: yeah that's a good point like it's almost like we we switch from being selfish and self-seeking to a form of self-care mm-hmm. because yeah. at the end of the day you know we can't help other people if we haven't taken care of ourselves first the
0: airplane yes
1: the oxygen mask and the airplane yep. kind of yep. metaphor yeah you know, so that's a yeah that's a really good point it's like we go from there is still a form of selfishness, but it's it's a, a helpful, a healthy
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can have the destructive selfishness, which is unhealthy, but also the oxygen mask selfishness, which is very healthy. Right. I think well, once point. you're in that, on that, and when you have that in your brain, you probably won't be able to go back into really drinking either.
1: They say you know <laughs> it's it's very hard to go back out with. Um, a belly full of booze and a head full of 12 separate company, you know, because mm-hmm. it ruins it. <laughs> <Like> if I <laughs> would go out and drink, I, would, I wouldn't have a good time at all. I'd be like, oh my God, you know, yeah. but I don't want to. And that's the miracle is that like I went from a point of it was literally the only thing I was thinking of. like, it, it was where am I going to get it next? Oh mm-hmm. my God, I'm about to run out. Uh, do these people know? you know, holding everything together by threads and just like manipulating my life. And who did I lie to about this? And who did I lie to about this? And, yeah. Um, and it was, it went from that to just like, I don't even think about it at all. And that's the true miracle of this. It's that like, is really cool. it really rewires your brain because it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a dysfunction of the frontal lobe, which mm-hmm. involves your judgment, your, um, yeah. Decision making, things like that. And so it literally rewired my brain. And so when I hear about courses and things mm-hmm. about brain rewiring and meditation for that, like that's a thing that works.
0: Yes, it does. It does. Computer. I have a crazy question, maybe. I know that when people stop smoking, that slowly but carefully their lungs recover and become clean. They won't 100% recover, but you know, for like 90%, they recover. Does your liver do the same? Because alcohol is is an attack on the liver.
1: Yes, liver is uh, regenerative for the most part. Uh, the only so, yes, the liver can get better, unless it's progressed to cirrhosis. If it's yep. progressed to cirrhosis, which is scarring of the liver, then yep. it cannot, the cells can't regenerate, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty fatal at some point. You know, with if the cirrhosis is. Um, very far along, but um, mm-hmm. if you you have not progressed to cirrhosis, your liver can completely the liver cells regenerate and it completely heals. Cool. And also your brain. I mm-hmm. you know when I was in treatment. They showed us um, MRIs and pictures of an addict's brain versus a mm-hmm. normal brain, and it literally looks like Swiss cheese. There's holes in oh, wow. the cortex of the brain, and mm-hmm. and the regular brain is. You know nice and whole and it's just kind of like pitted and scarred yeah. and so it really does affect the brain and even that starts to heal and regenerate and after like 20 years it'll never fully recover from it
0: yeah. but it looks much
1: better after
0: you know a couple decades of sobriety and stuff. Yeah.
1: so yes that's the answer but it's is like great. with
0: the lungs the brain is doing what the lungs do but the liver is doing a better job by the sound Correct. of it
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think the liver is like one of the most regenerative organs in the body it's just a big sponge basically i mean um so yeah it's that's a good thing that if it hasn't progressed to cirrhosis but if it has progressed to cirrhosis unfortunately the only um solution to that is a transplant which i have a lot of friends in recovery who who have cirrhosis and are waiting for a transplant and that's 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 really to have like completely overhauled your life and turned into a completely different person and you have this huge physical yeah you know reminder Mm -hmm. of that every day um but it's choices
0: that they've made you
1: know it's the choices that we've made and we have to come
0: to terms with that yeah 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 you're gonna have to do a lot of soul searching on those kind of things because that's rough Yeah. yeah yeah this was really interesting actually don't know whether i have any more questions I haven't checked. i've been so engrossed with this conversation that i haven't even checked whether anybody is <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah a friend of mine um, so no questions <laughs> just a couple of likes and a comment the comment is i love hearing this my experience with family going through 12 steps has not mirrored this positive outcome possibly just not yet hopefully so yeah that's cool yeah i think for everybody there's a journey i don't think you know it, it works for you, but I also know of people that had two or three tries at it. It may not be the first try, but yeah. Uh,
1: I know people that the have first had try had, or yeah. I know people that have had like ten tries at it, and they still can't get it. It's just yeah, yeah you're right. Every single journey is individual and different.
0: How many tries did you need? I lost count. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure that. You know,
1: yeah, no, I was not. It was not like, oh, I got it. And no, it it took about uh, eight months total of relapsing of once I decided to uh, go into the program um, and start working the steps and everything, um, I couldn't get it. I just continued to relapse. And my first sponsor actually fired me because she couldn't work with me anymore because I just, I wasn't getting it, you know, so it's, Mm did not come easily to me and, and I, but I'm there. And once I did it, it it all came down to surrender, you know, it all came down to, I can't do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. something I heard that really made a lot of sense to me was the military definition of surrender is to lay down your weapons and ask and wait for direction, lay down your weapons and wait for direction. Like wow. I, I was done fighting. I, cu- I couldn't do it. I literally had nothing left. And that, and it, during those eight months, uh, we call it yet coming true, you know? So mm-hmm. when, when you first try to get sober, there's a lot of yet's that haven't happened. You haven't gotten a DUI yet. You haven't gone to jail yet. You haven't, you know, killed somebody in the car yet. And so th- those are your yets. And so a lot of my yeah, reach
0: most of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So a lot of those started to come true for me. You know, I I lost the job, I lost the marriage, I lost, you know, and so my yet started coming true to the point where I had nothing left. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was like what we had talked Sounds about so at the beginning. Rock bottom was really mm-hmm. what did it for me, and I was just like, I I, I can't like yeah. there's. I can't there i have nothing
0: left it really sounds a scary place to be in it is it is and a lot of people battle suicidal thoughts
1: when they get to that point you oh know? yeah
0: totally get that
1: thank god i didn't but you know some people just don't want to wake up because mm-hmm. it's gotten to that point of they feel there is nothing left to do you know and and and, and there is there is there's there's something on the other side and it's and it's there for you you just have to ask for it and do the work
0: it's not always easy i think Mm -hmm.
1: it's the hardest thing you'll ever have to do but it's like it's worth it
0: yeah i know i get that it's worth it because look where you are now your life is starting to look pretty pretty (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah, it's amazing it's amazing the like the things that have happened in my life and I, I you know I attribute that to to my spirituality too and just like all of the spiritual and personal work I've done in my heart my soul and my you yeah. know but I wouldn't have done any of that without kind of being forced to through this program and so yeah I always say, I wish everybody worked a program because you know, the steps are the first step is surrender. And then the fourth step actually deals with, uh, writing down all of your resentments and all of your, you know, and working through that and talking with another alcoholic about that and, and getting rid of your character defects and seeking spiritually and stuff. And it's just like, everybody should work some sort of program like that for themselves because it, yeah one know. of
0: my friends has yeah. told me that a couple of times as well what was for him the most important thing that he did on the program as far as i understood it actually i don't know whether but that's the one thing that he talks about regularly is the asking forgiveness yeah oh the amends yeah making yes, amends. he um he mm-hmm. went to his mum and a couple of other people and it was really interesting hearing him talking about that how how that really changed it for him because he started seeing what he'd done. So um when he actually it's two friends that have talked about it because now I'm starting to mix them up. But yeah, they would go to to the person that they hurt, but then also have to hear out how that person got hurt. And that can be going really deep.
1: Yeah. That's a very important step to yeah. really take responsibility for the choices that you made. Yeah. And to- apologize to the people that we hurt and it's so hard it's so hard to do that it's so embarrassing and humiliating you think in your head but then when you do it for the most part a lot of people react very positively to it Um,
0: i think it can be really fulfilling as well but you only see it afterwards not right away because right away it will feel like oh I'm, i'm already in a lot of trouble it's already been so hard why do i have to do this as well i can see that going through people's brain I think the afterwards when you look back i think it will be really you know like cleansing even and it feels almost like closure like yes okay i'm i've closed the door on
1: that part of my life i have yeah. like tied up all these ends and a call you know and so it's like we you know we look back at we can look back at that point <coughs> because we got to help us <coughs> Yeah, the amends portion mm-hmm. does kind of tie all of that up, and, mm-hmm. and it repairs relationships too. You know, yeah. Like, it's yeah. really for the people that are receiving amends to hear that. To hear, like, yes, know what I did wrong, and I am so deeply sorry. And you don't have to forgive me, but mm-hmm. just know that you know I'm working on being a better person, and, and I'm so sorry for what I've done. And it's it means a lot to people to hear that when they do. Oh that. yeah, yeah. do some pretty
0: after Mhm. yeah i totally get how how it could work from both sides as being on the receiving end it will really make you feel like oh wow they're really doing something and it, it really feels i don't know i think it's also really hard to not forgive them when someone comes to you and comes clean and you know wants to start over and do that yeah and i can see how it can be really hard for the person doing it, but also how fulfilling it will be once it's done. Yeah, so it's, yeah it's a fascinating thing. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Somehow, I like it. <laughs> I like the process. It's amazing. You can, it you can put it onto so many things because even in coaching, you can use a similar mm-hmm. step program to help people get from one point to another when they are in a really, really difficult place and they want to get to a much better place. Exactly. Not exactly the same, but you can certainly. Adapt and make something really nice out of it.
1: Yeah. And we say, you know, alcohol is but a symptom. And Mm -hmm. this about drugs, sex, gambling, food, whatever you're smoking, whatever you're using is a symptom of something that's going on that's deeper than that. That's not your problem. Like, my problem wasn't the alcohol. My problem was me. My problem was my mind. Yeah. The alcohol is a symptom that I was, it was a crutch I was using along with other stuff too, yeah. you know, just alcohol for me, but um, you know, and so once we can remove that, then we, it, you really have to do the work and get deep inside and unpeel the onion and, and figure yeah. out like what it is exactly that, that you're covering up and,
0: and yeah. I think every
1: single person has that. Oh yeah we
0: all, we all do that thing that yeah oh yeah we all so, have yeah. things we don't want to face
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and it can be really hard to face them because then you need to change things in your life and that's not always an easy step to take we're human i really
1: honestly believe that that's you know why we're here that's the point of life is is you know we come up against these yeah these battles we have to fight and these know things we have to learn and our job is to to get better and to
0: yeah one big learning experience yeah that's that's how i look at it yeah yeah
1: exactly
0: cool is there anything else you want to share
1: no i'm thanks for letting me blab on for an hour oh no
0: it was cool you know it saves me the hassle of asking questions (laughs)
1: No, I love talking about this stuff. And I encourage anybody, if anybody's watching this that wants to get in touch with me and ask me any more questions about it or is struggling, like I'm here. This is what I do. Awesome. What I do. So um yeah, thank you so much. Diana. This You've been awesome.
0: tagged in the video so they know how to find you. It's just one click. I'm here. I have a message. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me. This was actually really interesting. I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was fun as well, despite the heaviness of the topic. But we had a good laugh here and there, so that's always good. So, yes, thank you. And um, well, thank you all for watching. Bye.